Welcome to the culture of safety. Yeah, you didn't even expect that. I <laughs> Matt, definitely didn't expect Matt that. Looked at me as soon as I started doing it, he's like, "What in the world are you doing?" Only because you had your fingers up and you were like pointing at the sky. Like it's my a little, little dance. Weird. My little sitting in a chair dance. Maybe yeah. we, we need to record that jingle with a little music behind it. No, or I don't think that would catch on. I'm sorry. I liked it. I'm sorry. I listened to a lot of the other po- podcasts out there, and I really don't like the music. I only listen to the same thing over and over. I'm like, like mm-hmm. you know how like Netflix allows you to skip the intro? Yeah. Like I'm done. Like where's the skip button at? That's what I do on almost every podcast. Is I skip the intro until I hear the word start. Yeah. Well, I remember one of them had like a one minute, like literally a whole minute before I was like, I'm like, it's because my my vehicle lets me skip 15 seconds. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, 15, 15. My like, dude, it's, I'm at a minute and like 10 seconds right now, and I'm still not to the actual podcast. So, hey, welcome everybody to the, the Culture of Safety podcast. Matt, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Joe? I'm doing well. Just, you know, working, enjoying myself, enjoying um, the wildfire smoke. Uh, I'll be real with you. I actually do. I, I miss it. When I used to work out in, in the forestry, well, I didn't really work in the forestry, but I did some forestry work. I kind of miss it. I don't like, I don't miss the hikes. I don't miss it digging in the, in the dirt and sweating and all that stuff. But I do miss the smell. I'm like mm, the smell of smoke and fire. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, usually when I do that like look bar- in your eye, when you said that right oh now, it was a little bit creepy. Yeah. Well, I tell people, and it's funny, I had this little kind of a, a tangent here, but I, I told a couple of my coworkers that, you know, in college, when you go through the fire academy and stuff like that, they teach you how to start fires. They teach you how to burn people's houses down and how to f- efficiently do it and not get caught. And I always had the always had the story where I tell people like, yeah, they're teaching me how to burn down a house. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, should I be learning this? Like, I'm not the kind of person that you should be teaching how to burn somebody's house down. And so um, I actually got somebody else. They had an interest. And I told them, hey, this is the program to go through here in Bakersfield. And they literally had the same uh, her. I actually told her his sister as the one I work with. She told me yesterday. She goes, yeah, my brother just told me exactly what you what you meant. I was like, what? She goes. Yeah, he told me like they're teaching him how to how to start fires and how to burn people's houses down. And he's like, "Should I be learning this?" I'm all is it because not. you're trying to learn like how to determine the origin of the fire? Or well, like- that's well, they do have an ar- uh, um, arson investigation class, which is something I did take. But um, no, this is just the int- the introduction. Like literally, you know, fire fire technology 101 is how fire starts and what fire really is. You know, they teach you it's you know uh, rapid oxidation with the accompaniment of you know heat and light. Right. That's the definition of fire. And they see, well, this is how you start a fire and this is how fires work and how a small fire can become a big fire. And, and they teach you all the different things inside of buildings that catch fire quickly. And it's just it's real crazy, like just all the information that you get in just the first couple of classes. And I mean, it's really easy to go and burn somebody's house down, knock a couple of fire hydrants out and they can't put out the fire. That's you know? rude. Yeah. So it's, it's like you probably should not be teaching us these types of things. Just, you know. Like in in the government, when you go and you become like a um, a nuclear physicist, they they start tracking you. They're like, oh, hey, this guy knows how to make a nuclear bomb because if you get captured by like a terrorist organization, they're like, uh, yeah. So he knows how to like kind of like a Tony Stark effect. Like, oh, the terrorists have Tony Stark. We probably should go and get that guy. And it's yeah, it's like you should be tracking these people on like how to prevent fires and stuff like that. Because and let's be honest, and 100 percent, you know, California is on fire. A lot of those are started by firefighters because they can go and get overtime. You know, firefighters like to spend money. And I'm not blaming my, my brothers in fire. It's just we get into bad situations and we're like, dude, I got to start a fire. Big forest fire. And I'm going to be on that forest fire for two, three weeks, 24 hours a day. You're making big ba- You're making big bucks, big bank, a lot of money. And it's it's uh, unfortunately it's super easy. Dra- drag some chains across the freeway, towing a trailer innocently. Oh, look, there's a big old forest fire, right? 
It's easy. It really is. And even sometimes I'm driving down the road. I'm like, dude, it'd be so easy to start a fire. So easy. Just drive a trailer just really close to the edge. Let those little dangling spark. I'm probably just going to get arrested for all this. Someone's like, oh, that's a We're great idea. All this out. That's a great idea. Joe told me how to start a fire. And literally, that's, sometimes I'm driving down the road. I'm looking like, dude, there's a lot of brush. This, this thing would go quick. A lot of dry brush on the side of the road. All it would take is just for somebody. And I see it all the time. People just dragging chains. Probably unintentionally, but it's it's super easy. Super just so easy. you know, Joe's opinions and guidance on here are <laughs> yeah, not associated are in any not, way with... <laughs> are not associated with the Popular Safety Guide franchise. Or Powerhouse Podcasting. But, no, it's... it's I like it. I like the smoke. I mean, it's not healthy. And that's something... Some issues that I have actually run into lately is some of my employees are are scared, right? They're like, oh, my God, I can't see the road. And, you know, it's smoky. I can't breathe. Um, I don't know where all of our listeners are, our listeners are from, but I know here in California we have an actual regulation that says if the if the air quality index AQI is above 150, so it's 151 or above, then you have to wear you don't have to provide employees with a mask. You have to provide, and so that's what we had to do. We had to go figure out. Okay, well, for, I mean, for me, honestly, it doesn't matter if they if they want them. Hey, here's all the mask you want. It made mm-hmm. them feel better. So that was something I actually had to deal with on Monday. When they first came back to work with all the smoke, they're like, yeah, it's, it's kind of dangerous. I'm like, it's not dangerous. It's just unhealthy. How do you protect yourself? You wear a mask. Uh, N95 mask, not, not a face covering. <laughs> no, not one of these face coverings. These, that's another misconception. People don't understand how these things work. I'm like, this doesn't protect me. It protects you. But we can. that's a whole other episode. Let's stay away from that. Anyways, yeah. you said we were <laughs> off on a tangent, but we kind of weren't because you were talking about training. And today we're going to talk about training, training. right? So again, with our series on, on the entry level professional, we talked about, you know, the tech, you know, some of the tech work that you're going to do, you're going to talk about BBSM, BBSO, another position that a lot of people get into as their first position is the training coordinator, right? And you go in and you're taking all these things that you learned in school, or you've learned in class, or you've learned in, you know, a training program. And now you have to learn how to apply it to other people, right? So you're taking the knowledge that you have, and you're making it, you know, available for other people so now that they're going to be responsible for it right information is great if i have it but if i'm unable to transfer it to someone who's actually going to be doing the work in the field then then there's that disconnect and they're going to be working dangerous and that that can have implications down the road well i wasn't properly trained or or the training wasn't very good and i've seen you know you and i've sat through probably thousands of hours probably now mm-hmm. of training and then some of it's effective you're like man I, you come out like refreshed man that was a great training and then sometimes you go into other trains, you're like, man, I didn't learn a thing, you know? And I always try to tell people, I just try to learn f- something from anything, you know, even, even yeah. if I already know the content, you know, if I'm going into like, you know, a meeting, I'm like, oh, I already know everything about this, but there's hopefully one little nugget. I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Cool. I, I learned something. It wasn't a waste of my time, but I've been in trainings where I'm just like, wow, like I was, I was bored half to death. So I think that's a good topic we can talk about is how to properly do efficient training what trainings are needed when training is needed. You know, that's something we've dealt with before is on an accident. What's the first thing they go to? That's PPE exactly training. Say. Yep. Right. Even when, if OSHA comes in to investigate, one of the first things they're going to mm-hmm. ask for is training records. When, yep. How were they trained on this? Uh, when were they trained on this? Was it efficient training? Like, yeah. How did you prove competency? Right. That's a, like that's that. a big thing is especially after, and I, I don't like to call the OSHA cause you know, truthfully that is a big thing, you know, when you do have an injury, that's a f- literally the first thing. Okay, well, what are your records first? Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah. Now we've established that they have been training that they're competent. Those are just easy tick marks. Oh, oh, that's a fine. Oh, that's a fine. Oh, that's a fine. Perfect. 
So, I mean, there's a lot of different trainings that we have to provide for employees, right? And I know that when I talk to some certain people, they're like, they're always, you know, surprised on some of the things that they have to be trained on. Um, we talked a bit about this off, off air, but one of the things that I know a lot of people are surprised to hear is that you have to teach your employees on how to, you know, communicate they had an injury, right? And so OSHA actually sits down and says, hey, yeah, you have to have some type of mechanism and training that says this is how, who, and when to call in case of an accident. You have an injury. How do you report that? So that's one thing that I've I've recently ran into a couple of people like, I didn't know that was a thing. Like, we do it, but they didn't realize the training was mandatory. Like, you have to do it. So honestly, mm -hmm. the more that I think about it as you're talking is training is like the backbone of safety. Everything you do pretty much is going to have training. Even this wildfire smoke thing, like you just talked about right now is yes, we know we have to provide the employees with uh, the vo like voluntary use of a, a N95 mask, yep. but they have to be if trained. You continue on that. reading the the regulation. It also says that they need to be trained in the minimum of like boom, 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 boom. It says they have to be trained how to put the mask on. What are the health effects of smoke? Yeah. How can they prevent the health effects? How of smoke? how that mask protects who's, you? Who's sensitive to this uh, this type of hazard? Like it outlines all this stuff. Uh, that that's just for have to be trained on, and that's just for this this wildfire smoke uh, regulation. That's not even very big. It's a small nah, regulation. It just started like I think last year or the year before. Yeah, I, I think it was twenty eighteen. Oh, was it? 2018? I think it was twenty eighteen. Okay, I'm trying to remember when those big fires. It was right after the, those really big fires mm -hmm. that killed, like destroyed that whole town. And so, yeah, it, it's a hundred percent. We have, especially depending on where you're at, right? Because I know in certain areas you have local hazards. Here in Bakersfield, California, we have Valley Fever. We have to teach for yep. that. You know, I know when I worked out the coast, it's not a very big issue. So we don't have to do that. It's just making sure that you, you understand what trainings have to be provided. And like you said, having teaching them the hazards and how to mitigate and how you're protected. I think that's the biggest thing, too, is is educating your people on how you're protected, because people will put stuff on. You tell them put a PPE on. They're like, OK, cool. They don't really care. Right. They're just listening to the director, but they don't understand how it helps them. Then, you know, I think that's that's going to be a problem down the road. Yeah, I completely agree. And then I think maybe we start with if training coordinator is the first position that you're going to get right. Maybe the first thing you need to do is sit down and look at how how would you figure out if you let's say you were getting hired at a company, right? Uh huh. And they said, okay, you're in charge of training, Joe. Right now, we don't really have anything. What would you use as a resource to go and find out? Like, okay, these are the trainings I need to make sure that that I have uh, available to the employees and that they're trained in. So uh, just for clarification, I'm starting on like a practically new company where they don't have any established system, right? Because yeah. I, I mean, we can go both ways with companies that do have established systems because then you just figure out, okay, well, what what training do I have available to me and what what criteria is, is yeah. it or not meeting? But then when you're starting off with nothing, I mean, that's probably the hardest thing because now you're really relying on your ability to create quality i mean i must be honest 99 percent of this time you're going to be using powerpoint mm -hmm. that's just in the beginning especially in that situation. especially in the beginning that's mostly what you're going to use just because it's easy the templates are are there i mean let's be honest most people are, can go online and probably steal steal stuff online and just change some not even still you could just google it and it's available most of that's the time what I'm saying. Like, yeah you just you know google whatever material that or even go online um some of the osha some of the yep. osha websites cal osha obviously fed osha have you know specific trains that help you out with that mm-hmm um, so just look at, you know, the criteria, okay. You know, our, our IPP, you know, our standard, making sure they know how to make, um, phone calls to different, you know, supervisors or, or safety or who, what's the chain of command for it when an injury happens, making sure that they understand that there's no penalties. That's a big one. 
um, that, you know, I, I see, I have seen in my past is that isn't specifically addressed. You are required to teach your employees that there is no retribution or anything for making that phone call. Because if you don't have that in there and OSHA finds out, that's an easy fine. Easy. They're like, oh, yeah. Oh, well, I felt like, you know, if I if I had said I had an injury that I would get in trouble or mm-hmm. something like that. Ooh, you do not want to hear an employee say that. Because then, oh, so what, what What are the mechanisms or what's the work worker uh, work environment doing that makes you feel that way? Well, yeah. well, wait, wait, wait. We have a training on that that specifically says we don't we don't penalize you for that. So making sure I mean, that's probably one of the biggest things is making sure employees know and they feel empowered. Hey, if something happens, who do I call? Right. Because we know eventually a supervisor or manager is going to make a bad decision and there should be like some sort of like communication well this is who you call this is who you need these are your reference points and when you give them those tools and they say okay well we gave him the tools he just didn't he decided not to use them then you're not gonna have any fault which is good um look at the materials and processes that you use i mean obviously lockout tag out is a big one confined spaces hot work all these ones that are, are, are your heavy hitters things that if you don't train properly can go wrong yeah make sure you know you you set up you know, a roadmap, Hey, these are the trains I need to get done and just start hammering them out, making sure that you have some type of onboarding orientation. Hey, new people coming on. Everybody's on the same boat. Yep. I was going to say, I think I can't remember if it's Fedosha or Kalosha, but one of them provides a really big table that literally lists a ton of topics. Just like yep. you said, lockout, tag out, hot work, like all these confined space. It, it probably has 40, 50 different topics. And literally it says right next to it, like, this is the when how the frequency of the training. This is what needs to be included yep. in the training. Here's where you find the reg to read about what needs to be more about what needs to be included in the training. Like, yep. and then you just go down and be like, "Do we do this? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, it's initial uh, and every two years or whatever it is, yeah. or it's initial only and then you're and you're, and good you're good until something changes or whatever. Like literally, this table you can go through and you can look at all of it, and that's a pretty good starting point. Yeah, I think, respiratory protection, electrical, all that stuff, and that is and that is a great reference, and actually, I believe, if I remember right, there's there's one for each. Is there one for each? There's one for okay. each. There's one specifically for California, because there's, like I said, we have a couple of things that we do specifically mm-hmm. that we have to worry about, and then I know that FedOSHA has just the general, but yeah, that's that's actually a really good resource. Maybe we'll We'll tag that onto the onto the episode and say, "Hey, look, you know, look down below," and then we'll we'll supply at least one for Kalosha because that's where we're from. I know Fed then, OSHA has one. I've seen that. And one. then we can at least tag the Fed OSHA. Of course, if you work in a different you know state, you have a state plan. If you look we're in a you, different country, I'm sure they'll have it. I'm sure you know most state plans. If you're gonna go through, they're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, you have that too." Okay, perfect. But that's a good that's a good reference point and understanding. Okay, you know where do I start? Because especially if you're if you're jumping into the deep end and you have no tools, mm-hmm. you got to learn how to survive really quickly. Okay, well, this these are the least recommendations. And I always tell people when I do my trainings and even still to this day when I still do trainings, I'm still thinking in my head like how can I make this better? How can I make this better? Because I've seen it in my field whenever a training is done. It's usually like this. You say, hey, Joe, um, I need to train for confined space. Okay, I'll put something together. I'll send it to you. You're like, oh, hey, you forgot this, this, and this. Okay, cool. I'll put those things in. You go, you approve it, done. We never touch that thing for years. And then nine, ten years down the road, it is like the oldest pictures. And, you know, you got old logos. And, you know, it's just the training. Nothing's changed within the, the um, regulation. Within the regulation. It's just that. Because we've been doing it so much, the, the material is just stale. It hasn't changed. It's not very dynamic. It's just like we, we talked about before and many episodes ago, it's death by PowerPoint. 
the PowerPoints are boring. In the initial phase, you're like, man, it works. It meets the requirement, but that's yeah. it. It just meets. It just meets the requirement. There's no interactivity. You you tr- you do the training, and employees are just sitting there. They're bored. They're Honestly, tired. I think what you're talking about right now is one of the bigger challenges as a of a trainer is that, especially in that situation. Let's say it's confined space, and you do confined space all the time, right? And then you're required to do. Are you required to do confined space trainings uh, at a certain frequency? No, we did. Well, well, depending on on what you're talking about for the awareness, right? Because if if we have confined spaces within our processes, we yeah. have to do just an awareness training. What if you're like an intern attendant? But if you're going inside, it's an annual. It's an annual. Okay, it's that's annual. what I was, I was like, I couldn't remember because I haven't dealt with my company that I work with now doesn't do any confined space stuff. So it's been a few years, but uh, yeah. So you have to present the same material to the guy that does that job every single day annually and annually seems like a long time but after you keep doing it every year you're like man i feel like i just did this training and that can get pretty tedious and boring yes. to do yes definitely and so that's one of the challenges is figuring out how to keep the information relevant and fresh inside the employee's mind and not killing them or what do you call it death by powerpoint death by powerpoint now i'll give our listeners the the keyword that i've learned that works great Uh-oh. and it's the word captivate captivate your audience because if they're not paying attention and they're bored and they're drifting off, what are they learning? Nothing. You're going to take somebody. Let's just, of course we're on the topic of confined space. So that's easy. You're going to be sending these people into confined spaces and they're going to be, everybody knows confined spaces are super dangerous just because of, you know, the logistics of getting inside and it's usually not designed for us. So there's atmospheric problems and there's Mm -hmm. so many things that can go wrong in a confined space and you're, you're prevent, you're presenting a training that's boring these people aren't paying attention. Those guys, those are the guys that are going to go in. Those are the guys that are going to make the mistakes in the lockout tagout that could involve them getting killed. Right. I mean, of course it doesn't have to be, you know, such a severe thing, but it can even be fire watch or whole watch or any even small task. Yeah. If they're not paying attention and they're bored, I, I'll be honest with you. I've been given trainings on, on one of my last companies that I worked for. They had, dude, they had a suite and it, same system that 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 I discussed earlier. That's what it was. I created a program. The program was approved, and then we just used that program for many years. Mm-hmm. And it was I was presenting it, and I'm a great. I feel like I'm a great presenter. You know, people tell me all the time I can captivate an audience. Of course you do, dude. Sometimes I was I I even pause. I'm like, dude, I am boring myself. This material is boring. Mm-hmm. I am sorry, guys. I I I am not holding anybody's attention with this crappy stuff. You know, and I would just be out out outspoken. Like, look. I didn't create this. This is not me. This is what I was given. And this is what I have to present because it, it talks about the relevant subjects, but it's boring. Nobody's paying attention. So what's, what's, what am I sitting up there for 20 minutes giving this lecture about, you know, Firewatch if nobody's paying attention? That was a waste of 20, 20 minutes. We could have filled that with something else that would have been more interesting. So one of the things that I've learned is within this captivate idea, right? Not just building the training, right? Building training is important. Get that, just get that checkbox done. But, you know, every month, every two, three months, go through some of the trainings and go, okay, well, how can I make this one better? Or even better yet, what I've learned is when I give a training, how can I make it better then? Because as you're, as you're experiencing it, right, you're, you know specific parts that people are starting to get bored. Confined space, let's talk about the attendant. Nobody wants to be the attendant. It's boring. It's like Firewatch. Mm-hmm. You're just sitting there. Well, this is kind of the area most people aren't really paying attention to. How can I make this better? So that, that way the next training I have, that that little area has a little hill to it and everyone's like oh wow that's kind of interesting and then they it kind of grabs their attention again that's what i try to do with all my trains so how, we, wait so before you go on yeah 
what do you do to make that? Well, I was gonna say, what I usually do is I'll I'll either put. I mean, there's different things you can do. Whatever I always tell people, tailor your trainings to what your experience is, mm-hmm. right? What if you're brand new to safety? Well, if you're brand new to safety, then you need to go out and do these things, right? If if you're going out in confined space and you've never did a confined space, probably should go out and do some confined spaces. I mean, maybe not do the work. Maybe go and do the work if you can. Go inside. Get trained. Get, become certified in, in confined space entry. Maybe even rescue if you can. Go in and understand this stuff. Ask questions. Hey, what what's going on here? Have a, a mentor. Have your boss or somebody who's proficient in those things take you out there and help you understand I think that's the thing too is we need we have those exposures and we're not taking the chances to go get them go out and do them that's what I would do with a lot of my my um people that were underneath me oh Joe I've never dealt with cranes before well let's go out and take a look at one I uh we'll take it out and put it in the yard or we'll put it out somewhere safe here go ahead and start using it right I mean there's no overhead power lines we do it in a completely safe capacity he's not lifting anything or if he's lifting something it's 20 30 pounds understand what it what's like to stand in that in that position and work the work the crane tools or the the joysticks or now now used to have levers now they have just nothing but joysticks now the newer ones understand what these things are go out there and experience them so you can see oh that's what it is you're more likely to to captivate and and hold an interest if you know what you're talking about right if i sat here and i told you oh hey um uh, i'm trying to think of something i'm not really ice skating oh yeah man so i mean they have this cool little so uh like one thing i learned about um ice skating is believe it or not that when you have ice skating competitions they have to time their their movements with the music so that's actually a score like if you finish your routine before the end of the song you messed up you get ducked points i'm like i didn't know that was a thing right i mean there's a lot of other things that i don't know and if i were trying to sit there and have a training on ice skating i probably wouldn't do very well so go out there understand it and then take those little tidbits that you're learning. Oh, that's awesome. Well, check this out. When I was doing confined space, this is something that I learned. Or so this is something that a lot of people don't know. Yeah. Right? You're, you have the, the material that you have to cover. But giving those little gold nuggets in between is going to keep their interest. They're going to do it. Um, case studies is another one. That's a, that's a good one that I like to use. Yep. Um, videos. Sometimes I even do both. I do a case study off of a video. So we have the case study, you know, is the video. Hey, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. How are we going to apply that to real life? Um, you know, scenarios, putting people and the employees into different scenarios and asking what they would do. Right. That's a big one is making sure that they understand, because one thing I've learned in, in my in my in my travels as a safety professional is there's there's this stigma. Right. When I ask people why safety is important. They give you, you, I'm sure you've heard the same thing. Oh, to keep the company safe, to make sure. Do you guys, any, does anybody really believe that? Does anybody really believe that safety is really about the company? Does anybody really believe that safety is about anybody other than the actual individual? But they'll give you what they think they what they think what you want to hear. Oh, what's well, it's this. I'm like, that's not what real safety is about. What's real safety about? It's about you. You're the person. This is what it's all about. We build these systems for you. I don't care if a machine breaks. I can replace a machine. I can't replace you. I mean, I can. <laughs> Financially, we, we, it comes down to you know, a lawsuit. Yeah, there's going to be a number. But I would rather not put a number to your, your name. I'd rather not. You know, and that's, that's, that's the reality of it. Safety is all about the person. It's not about anything. No one goes, oh, hey, we need to have a safety system for this um, air compressor. No. The engineers that developed it put the safety in there, and that's it. 
It's not until the, the human interacts with that machine that's when we have to put systems in place to protect the human. That thing, you know, breaks. We're like, okay, well, we can easily get another one. It's 1200 bucks. Kill a person, that's going to be a couple million bucks. Yeah, that's not good. But, yeah, there's there's many different ways. Um, You know, changing the inflection of your voice. Don't stand there and talk like a robot with no inflection on your voice because you're going to fall asleep. Maybe you should do the uh, Batman Newsome voice all the time. The, the Batman Newsome voice. <laughs> Just talk like you've been smoking cigarettes for 30 years and you're only 15. Yeah. That'll keep him captivated. Yeah, they'll be like, what? They'll be like, Joe, you're crazy. Yeah, I know. But there's there's many different ways. Um, also, too, planning planning your trainings. I know that's a big thing that I've, I've dealt with when I went to, like, interviews. That's always been an issue is training. When to do training. How to do training. Be you're gonna have to be um, versatile. It can't just be whenever you want. It can't just be, you know, at the most convenient time. That's just it. Just it's impractical. Sometimes you have to do one team and then another team. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can get everybody together. Sometimes you have that opportunity, but a lot of times you just don't. You don't have the opportunity to get every single person in the crew. So you have to learn how. Okay, well, what's the best way to manage that? So just being able to understand. Don't do trainings on Friday in the afternoon. Number one tip in the world: just don't. It that, that does not work. People are already thinking like, oh, I only have two more hours till the weekend and I'm going to be going doing this. And I'm going to be doing that. I'm doing, you know, you're just not, you're not going to hold anything. So yeah. timing can be really important as well. Monday morning is always really good. I always tell people do all the crappy things that you don't want to do on Monday. All your meetings do them on Monday. For me, we were doing Mondays. We were doing a lot of training, not trainings, but we were doing a lot of meetings on Friday we would check all check out and the meetings weren't very productive. You move it to Monday. Yeah, it sucks, but you get the sucky part out quick. And then you have a whole week to establish, okay, this is what I need to get done. Right. Cause if you do it on Friday, you're going to forget everything by, by Saturday. Yeah. I definitely agree. Don't do a meeting or a training Friday afternoon. That's probably not a good yeah, idea. Cause people are going to forget everything that you taught them. Mondays are okay. In my experience, only because sometimes you have people that are still coming off of the weekend and maybe a little extra tired or maybe a little right. bit still trying to get calibrated. I usually like to do trainings like mid, like Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesdays mid, are, are probably ideal. Probably better, yeah. But like I said, for me, just getting it down, out of the way. Yeah, I like, Monday, your, I like your, th- your, your thinking of like getting it out of the way. Getting yeah, it because then because you know how it works is Monday you're going to have a meeting on Tuesday or you have this project Tuesday. Things always get filled up on Monday for the rest of the week, mm-hmm. right? So it's easy to get it done Monday. Cool. Do it the first thing. And then we can handle, handle the rest of the trainings or anything else throughout the week. Um, what else is the other good idea? What other ideas do you have to keep your employees so, engaged? Well, really what, what I was trying to uh, think about is I was trying to think, okay, I've been through, like you said, thousands of hours of training, thousands of hours. What do I remember over the last 12 years that still sticks in my head? Like, and why? And right. I think you hit on some of them. One of them is all the trainings that I did that were like really interactive. I mean, it's kind of hard to do with some trainings, but like confined space trainings. I specifically remember like putting a mask on, going into dark sea trains, like finding yep. nuts, getting my air supply cut off, pretending yep. somebody got covered in chemicals and figuring out what to do. Like all these pretty fun scenarios that I got to do in confined space trainings over uh, like my years. Even though they happened 10 years ago, I still remember those trainings because... <laughs> you remember that thing, that first breath of air, and oh that match God, just dude. suck it to your face, like, oh, crap, I ain't got no air. Those are the kind of things that are memorable, Woo. and and, and yeah. I know that's not possible on all trainings, but in some trainings, those are possible, and those are the things that I still remember to this day. Yeah. And then I think the other thing that, that really makes me remember trainings is, I, and I've mentioned this before, is I remember trainings where the trainer gives, I think you kind of talked about it, gives like a personal 
story yeah, or like something story. like that where like one of my old bosses talked about when he's talking about hand safety, he talked about how his brother lost his finger on a, on a garden chair, on a lawn chair, which has nothing really to do with what we do. But for some reason, it's still in my head because I learned that like eight years ago when I heard that story and I still remember it. Yeah. Or, or when they taught me how a lady died uh, activating a fire extinguisher and the uh, fire extinguisher came up and, and hit her in the throat and it ended up killing her. Like there's and that there was three fire extinguisher deaths from this this type of fire extinguisher since it was invented. And like weird things like that, for some reason, they they stick in my head and they help me remember the training or that fires burn. Six times faster uphill. 16 times, faster? 16 times 16 times faster uphill which really as a guy that's been doing a fire watch like okay i guess that's important but really i think it's more of like a shock factor you're like whoa that's like okay yeah. i need to make sure that if i'm on the top of the hill i'm being or if i'm at a hill like i'm really cautious of where the sparks are going and stuff like yeah, that yeah because so. it, it no joke it does go uphill way faster and you can't outrun it that's that, and that's the thing they teach you in firefighting is if, if you're there's like they call a safety lookouts or whatever yeah and it's just these like 15 things that you look out when you're in, in the uh, uh, wildland in interface mm -hmm. where, where you can be at huge risk. And that's one of them being at the top of a hill with a fire below. You're like, Ooh, that's not good. Um, but yeah, I think what I've done too is I, I always try to put something in there that's not personal, but kind of enlightening something yeah. that the, everybody has this perception of safety. And I think if you break that perception, that kind of, that kind of influences like, Oh, wow. Like I said, we have the minimum requirements. We're going to give you those requirements, yeah. but just not just saying at face value. Find creative ways, something that's creative to you, because I think everybody has a, a creative outlet. Just thinking like, how can I make this particular slide, right? Maybe two, three slides, this topic, right? How do I make it interesting? How do I make it different? It doesn't have to be, um, guys, please don't just put 10,000 animations. Um, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I've gotten to the point now where I see animations on a, a PowerPoint. I almost instantly just like this. So I actually went through a training and the training was like a, it was like a sales pitch the other day and they had all these fancy things. I'm like, dude, like you're distracting me with your, with your animations. You're not clever. This is in 1995 when it first came out and we're like little kids, like, Oh, look at these animations. Some of them animations are good, but if you put like star wipe on everything, I'm not going to be, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to be like, yay, star wipe. Oh, I haven't seen that in a couple of weeks, you know, make it actually interesting. Put videos, learn how to embed. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I I apologize to everybody. I used to be able. I used to know how to pull um, videos off of YouTube. Uh -huh. um, used to be you can put SS in front of the in front of the YouTube, and then you actually could download the whole video. Um, that no longer works. There's another way now. You I, have to go to a video downloader, but they're free online. You, you can, can go Google. on. Yeah, there's some. Um, I actually use VLC. That's the one I use. I use VLC because it's a lot better. It's a lot more efficient. It actually, pulls it from the website. It mm -hmm. Doesn't doesn't do the other way that a lot of the other ones do. Um, but yeah, it used to be you can do the SS, and they said no, that's copyright infringement. And I'm like, yeah, you're not gonna stop me. That's not how it works. <laughs> that's not how you can't stop me. I'm too smart. So I went through VLC, and VLC has a downloader, and you can do it that way. So that's what I use. But honestly, pulling out videos from YouTube is a great resource. There's a lot of accidents and videos that you can easily, maybe not put people dying, but at least directly, then people dying in front of you. But having that effect, like hey, people have died in this in this type of work works well you know though like i said the one i use specifically is day davis there's this guy that worked for bacardi you know lockout tag out they didn't do it he got killed and i always tell people look you know supervisors will put you in dangerous situations and it's up to you to take your take your life seriously that that impact you know of hey somebody actually died doing the work that i'm about to be doing mm -hmm. kind of has that like you know um has that resonance like oh man i, I probably should be more careful 
when I'm when we're out there in this work environment. Yeah, it doesn't happen all the time, but there's always that possibility. Yeah, I also like to uh, like you talked about when you we talked about bringing up case studies. Um, I like to bring up if there's anything local. Yeah. I feel like local stuff hits harder. So it like does. we had a couple H2S deaths. Uh, yeah, it's been a while now, but yeah. two brothers died here. One trying to rescue one trying the to other rescue the other. Yeah, from H2S, and I feel like for some reason when they hear. Two brothers died from the city the that incident. you live in, yeah. like the city, like five minutes from where you live, potentially, because I like maybe they have employees from out right. there, but like that, that hits a lot harder than hearing about some guy that died in another country. In another country. Years I ago. mean, it's, yeah, there's definitely a lot of that, especially, I mean, one of the things that we like to use is incidents prior. That's great. Mm -hmm. hey, That's another good this one. This is an incident that we've had in this company, and this is why we had to make changes because this happened. Take pictures. All that stuff is great. That way, it kind of, like you said, it hits home. Oh, this isn't just some far out thing that can happen somewhere else. No, this stuff happens here. It happens at the company that you work for now. Yep. Or you, you've you been working this for. This guy lost his finger here. Here. And this is how we do it. And you're this. about to go do that same task. So yeah. pay attention. So you might want to you might want to care. So, yeah, make it, make it personal. Make it creative. Make it captivating mm -hmm. so that people are more interested. And then when you're giving these, these trainings, look at your people, right? If you have a guy who's... On his cell phone yep. or paying, not paying attention. If you have people falling asleep, of course we have to we have to factor in if we're doing it early in the morning, mm -hmm. right? If we're doing it at four or five in the morning, there's going to be some sleepy heads. Even if you bring in breakfast and all this other stuff, it's just it's just the nature of the beast. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing it at ten, eleven o'clock in the morning, and everybody's been working for a little while, you probably shouldn't have people falling asleep on you yet. Yeah, that's not a good <laughs> sign uh, for them. That's like some bad fatigue, right? Be confident. Understand what you're what you're knowing, right? Know the material. Yeah. Be confident. If you're not confident, get confident. Go out in the field. Handle it. Get a mentor. Have them show you and teach you how to be better at this because we've all been there where somebody's trying to give you a material. You know, let's say, like, they're giving uh, – I remember this one uh, many years ago uh, when I first started going to our meetings for certification. Mm -hmm. One of the guys was like, oh, you know, he's trying to show the CHST material, but he didn't know any of the answers. He had to literally read it off of the, the page. Oh, what do you guys all think? And he'd have to click it and go, oh, yeah. And he'd re read the answer. I'm like, if you're trying to get me to be certified in this thing, you probably should be certified in yourself. Does that make sense? Like, how can I teach you to be a CHST if I don't know the material? Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I, I've, I've had a lot of people ask me, especially recently. Well, how do I get the CHST? How do I get Ask somebody who's got it, right? I don't want to go to, you know, somebody who's never taken the CSP. What's the best way to get the CSP? <laughs> Oh, yeah, just uh, do this. And I mean, they might have some helpful tips, but in reality, unless they've never done it, it's it's harder. It's hard for you to realize what what goes into doing something like that. Yep. Same thing with training. You know, if you're going to be getting into this, ask me who's who's have has um, experience. Hit us up. Right. We're a great resource. We're on Reddit where we have our Instagram. We have our website um, or email. That's a great way to, to reach out. Hey, um, Joe, we have this training. Uh, what do you think? Send it to me. Oh, yeah, I, I would add stuff here or make it here. Um, how how fluent are you with the material? When, when do you present it? All that kind of stuff um, takes into effect, you know? So it's just understanding that training is a big factor, and especially if you're new at it, there's going to be a lot of struggles. Oh, yeah. Uh, some other things that I was thinking about is, I know you said be creative, but we, we've been focusing a lot on being creative by uh, adding stuff in that has to do with the training. I've seen a lot of good trainings where they're creative and they actually bring like outside stuff in that like it kind of doesn't really make sense. And then as they go through it, it, like they tie it into the training. I know exactly what you're and talking about. And then you're like, 
oh, okay, like that's why we did this exercise or that's why we did this. Yes. And some of those are a little bit hard. Like that's not an easy thing to do is like, okay, let me just, let me make this training real quick and come up with how these things are going to tie together. Right. But that's where you can reach out to resources and stuff. But being creative and thinking outside of the box and thinking outside of the training and uh, getting their minds working on something that's not associated with the training and then tying it back into the training, I think is a great way to like, really uh capture or captivate captivate so I'll, I'll, i actually vision. have a perfect uh, perfect thing for that so what i do in our pre-hire um before our employees get sent out we have a safety orientation and then you, you can imagine having 15 different industries you can't have just it's, it's it's hard to reach safety in every aspect i can't teach my employees every single thing that they may be exposed to so our my my training specifically teaching them that safety isn't just you know common sense mm -hmm. and so like you said one of the things that doesn't make any sense is i i take two pictures right well it's actually a video one's a picture that we'll talk about the picture here in a second but one of the one of the videos that i have is actually um it's a video of these basketball players and they're passing this basketball and the the idea is that as the employees are going through they're watching how many times the basketball has passed right and then at the end of the video we ask them how many times did they pass the basketball and it's like 13 times Everybody, everybody, how many times? And everybody shouts out, 13, cool. But in the middle of the video, there's a dancing, there's a, a bear that does a little moonwalk. Mm -hmm. And the idea is because when we're focused on a job task, right, we're focusing on just the basketball and counting how many times that basketball is being passed around. As the, as the dancing bear comes into the picture, that could be obviously a hazard. We didn't notice that. And so that's, that's something that has nothing to do with safety, but we tie it into safety. Like, look, when you're giving a task, right, we talk, we, we had this on, um, um, on our Reddit a couple of weeks back, it was called the Troxler's fading image. If you stare at an image too much, everything else becomes blurred on the outside. And so as we're focusing on that job task, everything else, all the other hazards blend into the background and we, we don't notice them. And that's what ends up getting us hurt. That dancing bear is a perfect reflection on like how we're given a task, how a hazard can come into our job site and hurt us. And that's, that's the realization. Like, Holy cow, we had watched a video of basketball players passing a basketball, and this is how it relates to the safety realm and actual work that's going to happen when, when something that can happen to me while I'm working. And I tell them, happens to everybody, happens even to me as I'm going out there. Sometimes I forget to look at things or be, they become blurry because I'm not paying attention to them. And then the other one is a picture, is I remember this was one that was given to me in my M shot class many years ago, was a picture of a cow. Right. And it's very distorted. It's overexposed. You can barely tell it's a picture of a cow. You can Google it. Distorted picture of a cow. Yeah. Go look it up. Go ahead. It's talking. interesting. So what happened was that we were sitting in the Emshaw class and she's like, look at here. Here's a picture of a cow. Uh, well, she didn't say it's a picture of a cow. She goes, what do you think this is a picture of? And man, we had guesses from like spots and one of those, you know, um, ink blot tests and everything and she goes oh it's a picture of a cow and then she outlined the picture of the actual cow and sure enough you once you once you see the picture you're like holy crap holy crap that's an actual cow and i use that picture too i do the same thing hey what do you guys think this is and we say that this picture of a cow represents hazards in the field a lot of times when we're going out to the job sites we don't understand what hazards actually look like until we're actually educated on what they are. And it's not until we see that, then we see the actual picture of the cow. I wonder if you could post that picture or something. I can't find it, but no, I'll find it. It's pretty easy. Um, dang. I was just about to say something that I remembered and you were talking about that right now. Oh, 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 I remember. Um, it was, it was, a uh, yeah, I don't remember. 
I'll have to cut this out. <laughs> Good job, Matt. Um, but to go along with what you were saying, uh, with the cow and the what was the other thing? A video. Uh, yeah. So it was a, it was the picture of the cow and then picture of the video. Or is it, it was just the video? <laughs> picture of a video. Picture of a video. So here's the actual picture. I'm going to show it to you, Matt. It's actually a, a better picture than what I have. The one I have is a little bit more distorted. Oh, so, I see the cow. Yeah, so you can see the cow pretty easily on that. There's actually a worse At first picture. I did it, but yeah. Yeah, the worst picture, it's way more distorted. And it's actually a lot harder to see. But you can imagine that that's the actual picture. And if you distort it a little bit more, it's a lot more difficult to see. And when you when you actually teach them, I think the only reason I saw the cow is because you told me I'm looking for a cow. Well, not just that, but it's actually a pretty that's a pretty clean, cleaning image. If I showed you the one that's on my PowerPoint, you'd be like, I have no idea what that is. Obviously not knowing it. But like I said, something like that kind of kind of shows them like, hey, you know, if I couldn't see a picture of a cow. How am I supposed to see hazards that I don't know that I'm not aware of? Mm -hmm. And again, that's the idea is that we're trying to get them to understand is that, I mean, I don't know where half of these people, I mean, I have an idea where these half of these people are going, but how do I get somebody that's doing manufacturing, construction, mining, all these different aspects to get the same idea. Right. And so that's like I said, that's that captivate. That's something that you take from outside of safety and you bring it in and you, you give it that safety spin. Yeah. And that's when people are like, Oh wow, that's, that's that's different and it gets it gets their mind that's working i think that's your goal right is like get their mind moving like don't just read stuff at them it yes like don't their read mind, your powerpoint know their the mind content. moving yeah get their mind going one thing that i remember i learned when i very first started into safety and i never forgot uh it was a, it was a quote or like a statistic and it was um you're gonna remember 10 percent of what you see and like 40 percent of what you see and hear and 80 percent of what you see here and do and I always remember that uh, when I was building trainings is like, how could I get them to accomplish this do portion in some way that will yes. help retain the information? And so I know in our onboarding, we've built in a lot of the do. So sometimes we get brand new guys that literally don't know what pliers are. They don't know what an end wrench what, is. What they are, don't know what an what impact gun is. Yeah, exactly. Huh? And so what do we do? We get we bring a, one of our service trucks up and we literally make them grab the tools out, show us how they're going to use them, show them what PPE like they yeah. have to show us what PPE they're going to be using with it like give put the tools in their hands or or what, uh, another thing we do is we um we make them manipulate. We have a crane operator come out, he lifts up pieces of of uh whatever like material or something. Yeah. And we're there with them the whole time like you said in a safe environment, but we make them manipulate the material with a tagline or figure out how to spin it or mm -hmm. how to rig it up and like giving these hands on and these OJT do portions. Is good, yeah. It's not even it's not quite OJT because right. we're in a controlled like they're not doing the job. They're for not real. producing, but they're they're yeah. in an environment where they're actually getting it's like to a simulation. Yeah. Same thing with lockout tagout. Like out. a matrix? Yeah, like a matrix. We we built a, not this company, but my last company, we built an entire system, fake system of like yeah. just threaded no, piping. We did the same thing. Yeah. And then we'd make them lock learn, it out. Yeah. Learn how to lock out the system and we we pressurize it with like just water, yeah. but we would show them like how, how it's easy to miss certain spots. And yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. We have like props and stuff like that. That's, that's good, for, especially for like the construction industry. Yep. If people have never used a, a grinder before or, yep. you know, any type of, you know, rotating equipment or, you know, basic hand tools, or if they've never worked around cranes, okay, well, we're going to have this guy do a bunch of things. Well, how do you, how do you use your stopper? That's another thing that we've done too, is implementing, different things like stop works. We're going to go and have our guy 
demonstrate it, but you're going to demonstrate it wrong by not wearing the proper PPE. And we're going to, we're going to put these people to the test. Like, Hey, are you at, at any moment? You never know. Even if I'm the safety guy, I don't care if I'm, I'm in the higher position than you, you need to tell me that, you know, I'm not doing something safe. Yeah. You know, it's a great way uh, to implement, not just instructional training lectures, but getting actual hands-on. And then you can even, like I said, add, add different programs. Yeah. Cool. Not just, are you learning about, you know, how to do the job, but learning how to not do the job wrong or if you see someone doing it wrong, to call them out on it, you know, using that stop work. So that's that's actually a, a great tip right there as that's well. That's a really good one. Make it more interactive, and they're more likely to remember, like, oh, that's right. I need to have this, need to have this, and just outline it for them. Okay, I'm going to be grinding. Okay, my hard hat, my face shield, and my spoggles, and I have this, and I have that. All right, good to go. Start the work, and then boom. You know, then they they get an actual feel of what it's like to have these tools or machines in their hands. And they're like, oh, wow, okay, I understand now. So it's said just just getting them getting them more activated and engaged in the training is is really beneficial. Get them to cap, captivate them to where they want to do the job, do it safely. Because yeah. at the end of the day, if, if that's not our goal is to improve the safety program, we're just wasting time. We're just going through the motions, and mm-hmm. that's not going to be effective. Uh, one last thing I don't think we mentioned at all, and the company I work for currently, they're they're the parent company actually is really really strict on this, and and I'm learning over time why, but. Um, if you can limit the number of people in your training, yeah, like I've done trainings of 400 people. Yeah. That's not easy because you have no clue who's paying attention. Anybody could be lost in the crowd there. It's even hard to see if people are straight sleeping. I, I tell people for me, when I have that many, it's an awareness training. Yes. It's just like, Hey guys, even those though. Yeah. Even, even them, like I said, I've had the awareness training where, where people were snoozing, but even those, just remember, you're not you're not there to give a one on one instruction. It's more yeah. like, hey, this is a process that's within our within our industry. We just want to make sure you guys. It's kind of a refresher. Hey, mm-hmm. oh, that's right. I might not deal with this specific thing every day, but I need to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. Right? Confined spaces. My guys never go into confined spaces, but they need to be aware that if there is one, not to go in. Not to go in it. Right. What is it? And don't 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 mess with it. <laughs> right. Don't don't touch. Uh, touch it. But if you have the ability to do an actual training, like if you're going to do an entrant, uh, attendant, whatever, supervisor yeah. con- training, limit it. Like don't put don't 50, 50 people, people in that class because it, it's going to be overwhelming and people are not going to be hearing everything you're saying and they're not going to ask questions because too many people and they're trying to get through it. But if you have 10 people in that class or whatever it is, you can literally see every single person's face and reaction and you can figure out this guy's not getting it. Yep. And those kind of trainings are much more effective if you can if you can limit them. Then I would I would recommend. Yeah, you that's do actually that. that's actually a good tip. I didn't even think about that. Is is you're right. The more people you add, the more difficult it is to make sure you engage with everybody. And of course, we can talk about engagement. You know, when you see those people that are nodding off or something like that. Again, track when you're doing a safety training. And let's say you do it every week or every other week. Track when that happens. Oh, you know what? That's just. It's specific time. Maybe it's 10, 15 minutes. Every 10, 15 minutes within your within your hour-long thing at 15, 30, 45 of your training, that's when people are starting to not pay attention. You know, they're yeah. they're reaching that capacity. Am I giving them too much to eat to digest at one time? Or is it maybe, hey, I need to increase something in that specific area to make it more interesting? I know sitting in a class all day long can get tiresome. Oh yeah. Especially over a week. I know that's something that sometimes we don't have control over, but you know, spending a full week in class Man, can get exhausting. Tough. It can get, I, I remember just going as a safety consultant. I remember one orientation was three days long. And unfortunately for me, I've, I've spent, you know, I think at this point it was like a four or five years in, 
I was like, dude, I already know this information. I was like, this is so boring. It makes it for a long mm -hmm. day. But that M shot training, it was three days long. And man, I was like, wow, this, she did a great job of keeping it interesting. Yeah. It got boring at some times because eventually you run out of material after, after three days, you know, but you're like, oh, okay, that's not too bad. Okay. I understand. The last thing I want to talk about, cause I know we're going to get close to our time here is what about proving competency and follow-up what, what are your so ideas like tests on and and stuff like that i'm really big i'm not really big on the the final exams mm -hmm. you know i do i do see there's a difference between you telling people at the beginning hey there's gonna be a test at the end of this and they're a little bit more attentive mm -hmm. um and then seeing seeing it on the backside, you know okay well our results are there uh my thing is more retention mm -hmm. uh if i could what i would do is i would i would do a dual study so i would take you know if you're doing, depending on the rotation, if you do an orientation every two weeks, every month, one month do a test at the end, and then one month do a test, do a test maybe two, three weeks down the road Afterwards. to see what the difference is. If there's, it could be the same test. I mean, it'd probably be statistically a lot easier to to prove, but seeing the retention down the road, because yeah, I just gave you an orientation and you you understood those concepts at that time, but two, three weeks down the road, do you still remember? That's that's what's most important because now you're actually in the field doing those things. Mm -hmm. Are you going to know who to call? Or do you know what stop work authority is? Do you know all these things that we did cover? That's going to show you, okay, well, man, everybody doesn't remember what stop work authority is or, man, nobody remembers heat stress or nobody remembers, you know, rigging, whatever, whatever your process is. Um, lockout, tagout. There's things that we're t discussing that's not, you know, being retained down the road is where we're most interested in. So yeah, I, I do see the value in, t in, Hey, at the end of the class, we're gonna have a test. I get that because you're at that point, you're competent, but I'm not worried about you right now. I'm yeah. worried about you three weeks down the road. Mm -hmm. That's where I would give them tests later on. And I know certain companies that I've been dealing with is that's something that they do. They'll give you the training, but because of the technology that they have, they have iPads everywhere. They actually can take the test down the road. And that's what they're more interested in. Is if you have that capability, give them those tests two or three weeks down the road when they've had time to forget things. But as long as they remember the most important things, that's what's the most important. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that we didn't miss those things because yeah. I think they're definitely an important part. They're of a good tool. A they're program. a good gauge yeah. on, on how effective your training you is. You can't just throw a PowerPoint up there and then say, all right guys, have yeah. a good day. Like you need to have they, some kind they of, do. some and kind of thing. We understand in the beginning, yeah. in the beginning you might have to do that. But, you know, if you're going to be within, obviously, in this position for longer than six months and you've already established everything, go back. And yeah. again, that's something that we, we talk about as manager at the higher levels that we have to we should be auditing one process every month. Yep. You know, hey, let's look at our process under confined space or let's look at the process of training. Let's look at the process of this. Look at your process of, of your training. You know, if you're giving the same training over and over and over and over again. You should be. You should probably be improving that every at least once every couple months. Yeah, that maybe one or two slides. That doesn't have to be any crazy, but that's that's what I constantly do is when I'm going through my trainings, and that's where everybody, goes, how's your training so good? I'm like, well, I constantly work on it, right? I'm, I have these ideas. I'm like, okay, well, that will work. Well, that won't work. And I take things in, I put things out, and that's eventually over time, all day. You know, it'd be great this, and that's what that that's what brings that that training from just a boring PowerPoint into captivating material. And like, yeah. Wow. That was, you know, when people walk away going, wow, that I learned something today. That's good. Cause then that's, and from, if you get into my, my class, you're going to learn a bunch of stuff. I try to make sure it's, it's interesting, captivating. We get a bunch of stuff from the outside of the safety world and bring it in something that, that hits home, something yep. that's familiar to them too. Some, I even use stuff like the Christmas story. 
people are like interested. Oh, what what Christmas story? Yeah, check this out. You know, everyone remembers the Christmas story. They're things that they're familiar with, mm-hmm. things that can make them laugh. That's the things they're gonna remember. Yeah, I use uh, Anchorman when he's yeah. really hot and he has a beard and he's drinking milk and he said it's so damn hot. He's all milk was a bad choice. <laughs> I threw that one in my heat illness presentation. Yeah, I mean, it, they're gonna laugh. They're gonna they're gonna they're always gonna remember that because you remember I'm remembering. Every, I'm studying over here. Everybody can remember like a Goodwill Pharaoh scene, or everybody can remember mm-hmm. something in their life or that you know iconic, and they're like, oh my god, you know, look at our, look at our Instagram. A lot of that stuff is from there. Right, Bugs Bunny, that's what I was Pokemon. Say is, that's that's one of the reasons behind the memes of the popular safety guys is that the memes are funny, which makes them more memorable. Hopefully, yes, they all have a, a like an intention behind them, but right. it makes them more memorable to. And that's the idea that. is that if you remember Pikachu shocking Ash, and it had to do with lockout tagout, you're like, oh, that's right. People get shocked when they don't do proper lockout tagout, and you're gonna think. Hopefully, the idea is that down the road when you're doing lockout tagout, I'm like, oh, I probably should make sure I do that. Why? Because I remember this one meme that made me laugh. Blah, 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 right? And so I guess that's a good segue into into those things, right? Yep. So remember the culture of safety at gmail.com. That's our email. We also have our Instagram, and I apologize. I haven't been super active on it. I'm, I'm learning how to get better at posting and all that kind of stuff. So um, I have been consistently posting, you know, at least once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to get a little bit better on making sure I post, you know, regularly so you guys will, will get that content. You guys have a good laugh. And you guys, like I said, can put it on your Facebook and all that kind of stuff. And show, hey, even show them in your trainings. You know, like I said, there's, there's a bunch there. There's a bunch of easy memes that you could easily put on there, gifts and stuff like that. People will laugh and they're like, oh, that's that. I remember that as a kid, you know. Um, and then we also have um, some of our other social medias we have on Reddit, right? You were really big, getting a lot of attention on, on Reddit. If you guys have questions, don't hesitate to ask us on Reddit. Um, what else do we got? Um, Yelp. Remember Yelp? We, were we on don't Yelp. have a Yelp. Uh, we're on Yelp, and we're on... The only uh, thing we're on is uh, Facebook, I Tinder. So not like Tinder. us on Tinder. No, no, that's, not, that's not a thing? No. Like me on Tinder? No. Um, we also have an OnlyFans. That's another new one. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Only, OnlyFans for safety. So instead of like weird naked pictures we just have like weird like safety hazards <laughs> you guys if you guys oh wow look at that safety hazard yeah that's crazy no no only no. okay nope email reddit instagram facebook well ha- hopefully we'll have some more stuff coming soon not only fans but we're hoping to have like uh, some other content <laughs> Man, coming out i really want that only fans i heard that's really <laughs> popular right now i don't know <laughs> all right but uh thanks everybody for listening and we'll uh talk to you guys next week you guys have a good one